Welcome back. Welcome back, everyone, to season two of Much Ado About Economics. Mm-hmm. Um, this is our first episode, and we are bringing it back with a topic that is discussed a lot in today's market. which is inflation. Mhm. Right? And inflation is a very key economic concept and it is it is let's let's put it in a way that it is the basis of a lot of the economics that we come up with. Inflation is used everywhere. Inflation is talked about. Inflation is misrepresented yeah. in the sense of like pub economics. Everyone talks about inflation. Everyone's like, "Hey, inflation's on the rise. Inflation's on the fall," you know? Yeah, like even in Pakistan, you know, everything's getting expensive, mangai, mangai. Yeah, expen- everything yeah. is getting expensive. But inflation. It's a very it's a very interesting concept. It's a kind of a hard concept to wrap your head around in a sense that like it's a good thing that prices are increasing. Mhm. or is it bad like it's 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 good and bad depending on how at the rate of it yeah so the rate of its its, it's occurrence it, yeah so it's something that you have to like strike a balance and as mm-hmm. a government and as a central bank it's very hard to maintain it and mm-hmm. very hard to predict the reactions that could come because at the end of the day it's down to human behavior mm-hmm. and how that will reflect on your policies yeah and at the end of the day there's also this thing called time lag mm-hmm. so when you do apply policies towards inflation mm-hmm. it takes time for it to take effect yep and you are not 100% sure even from empirical evidence you cannot be 100% sure about the reaction that it will have mm-hmm. sometimes it could be too much and it mm-hmm. could end up having an overreaction yep and there are times it could be an underreaction so some like essentially it's the idea of an econ- of an economy overheating yes right or if it's or it's the actual just you know it's like it's like when you know when you bake a bread mm. right and you put the yeast in so you bake it to a certain level where the yeast will rise and there's this there's this very ideal point at which spot. the exactly the sweet spot at which the yeast will rise enough for the be- for the bread to be as fluffy as it can be yeah. and then after that it'll just it'll just die yeah, just like, yeah it'll just so so the idea is like the bread will the bread overheats to a point where or the bread heats up to a point where it's perfect yeah. right which is Let's call it the perfect rate of inflation, which we call our low stable rate of inflation at two percent. Yeah. Which most, I guess, economists or central banks will agree that two percent is the ideal rate of inflation. Yeah. Right. Um, but then, if it goes higher than two percent, it could be good. It could be bad. So it could be good if we can control the rate at which the two percent increases. So let's say that this is the point in which the bread is getting at f- at max fluffy. Hmm. but we've controlled the fluffiness in such a way that it is going to be controlled expansion so it continues to expand to the yeah. point where it's going to be the best you don't want it fluffiness. to happen so fast that you can't stop it in time exactly yeah. but if it happens too fast then maybe the bread just explodes right before you can do up. anything about it exactly yeah before you realize it's too late and then it explodes and then you have let's let's call it the bread flattening down again the deflation of the bread which is sort of like the deflation of the economy as in it inflates so much that it has to deflate yeah right it has it has to cool down in some way yeah so when we talk about 2% inflation what do we really mean so inflation is basically the declining purchasing power of a given currency yep or the rising prices of an economy over a period of time over a period of time it is not the strength of say a dollar like it is no it is not the strength of your currency itself like for example like canadian dollar to us dollar it's the strength of the purchasing power so for example how much can for example this is what we normally ask is how much do you pay in us dollars in your country to buy a big mac right or we can or we can talk about the idea of like a basket of goods a basket right? of goods but like a very simple index that people use is the big mac index is because mm-hmm. 
McDonald's is everywhere in the world. Exactly. So we basically compare prices of McDonald's across the globe mm-hmm. and in US dollars. So this gives us an idea of what the standard of living is in each country. Yeah. So and that gives us the idea of inflation as well. Mm-hmm. When it comes to inflation, there are two kinds of inflation. There is the demand pull yep. and the cost push. Mm-hmm. In layman terms, demand pull basically means that more people are demanding goods and services. Yeah. And because there is a limited amount of supply, at mm-hmm. least in the short run, in turn, mm-hmm. meaning that I only have this much in my inventory, I need like two years to bring it back. Yeah. But like if the demand the- increases really high and it's way more than your supply, mm-hmm. you get inflation. So yeah. the prices of that, those goods and services will increase. Because it's become more valuable. And the, in, it's it, become- it under, like the underlying term is that they will become more valuable because they are, in quotation marks, scarce. Yes. Right? They're scarce. It's like the purchase of, you know, limited edition items. They are valuable because they are scarce and people want them. Exactly. Right? So yeah. in a way, that is, a, that is demand pull. That's demand pull. And it's a very, it's very natural. It's a very natural type of inflation, mm-hmm. I would believe. So it's cost push. Now, cost push is now the other side. It's not the supply side. Mm-hmm. What that means is, the, uh, I believe it's like the rising prices of goods and services just mm-hmm. cause, because there's just not enough, mm-hmm. for example. Or maybe there was, um, there was a natural disaster of mm-hmm. some sort and half the crops in the world died. Mm-hmm. That's a cost push inflation, mm-hmm. right? Because now because there's fewer left because of something that happened, the prices will increase. It's a two-sided coin, basically. Of course. I think, I think a very good example of cost push, inf- cost push inflation. Cost push. <laughs> cost push. <laughs> a very good example <laughs> of cost push inflation is the construction market. And I'll explain why. Um, a lot of the construction that happens around Canada is wood, limber, uh, tim- timber, right? Mm-hmm. Lumber. Um, and it is becoming harder and harder. Like it's becoming, lumber is becoming more and more scarce. Mm-hmm. And the reason it's becoming more and more scarce is because of projects failing and people not demanding lumber. And now there's a, a huge rise in the demand of lumber and uh, companies are not able to keep up. Yeah. Right, because there's not enough export going on, there's not enough import going on, mm-hmm. transportation is compromised, and all those things. Yeah. So the price of lumber, which used to be about th- between three and four dollars, is now eight to nine dollars. Mm. So it's gone up significantly in price, and this is not because of the demand, but because it's just become harder and harder to supply the lumber. Yeah, right. Like if you were to call a lumber yard and say, "Hey, listen, I need, I need, I need a crate of lumber," right? Mm-hmm. It's going to charge you significantly more than what it charged you three years ago. Yeah. Right, maybe three years ago it cost you a hundred dollars, but now it's going to cost you three to four hundred dollars. Mm. Right, and that's just because, and there's a shortage. So even if you call them, they'll say, "Okay, great, we'll give it to you at four hundred dollars per crate, but it's going to take us a month and a half to get it to you." Yeah. Rather than, "Sure, I'll get it to you next week." Yeah. You see what I mean? So because of the borders being closed and all of the and a lot of hindrances in the supply process, it's just become significantly harder to produce. Therefore, cost push inflation. There you go. So at the end, they're very similar. They're like, like think of it as tug of war in a way so like one side is cost push one side is but they both create inflation well in a way they're both pull in the same direction right they pull upwards okay yeah 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 right it's like like supply goes from here and demand goes from here yeah so one pulls one pushes yeah there you go physics (laughs) so ideally of course like um having inflation is good because at the end of the day it's also a sign of growth in an economy. It means that you are reaching, because there is a space in the economy, like especially if you look at Keynesian economics, mm-hmm. they, they said that the economy will never run on full capacity. Mm-hmm. Therefore, a small stable level of inflation, first of all, creates certainty that you know, okay, it's going to be up 2% next year. Yep. You can make better business decisions. Investments yep. can be more 
with done with more certainty mm-hmm. at the same time it also means that you are slowly scraping onto the the full capacity of the economy mm-hmm. so having a low and stable inflation allows you to do that uh, some key indicators that show inflation is first of all consumer trends yep so you look at expenditure um you look at business profits or mm-hmm. business revenues not necessarily profits mm-hmm. uh you look at commodity prices yep i feel like that is one of the biggest major indicators mm-hmm. of inflation like the example we just gave of lumber of lumber uh, we can talk about concrete we can talk about um another thing that's very important is is pvc pipes a lot of the plumbing that's done um and the reason the reason i'm talking about construction and real estate is quite simply a lot of canada's real estate a lot of canada's gdp is based on its real estate so mm-hmm. not including real estate or maybe construction even in conversation sort of discounts a very big part of our economy mm-hmm. right so back to what i was saying pvc pipes are also something that is becoming very expensive yeah right um so the idea of commodity pricing is that a lot of the things that we need for our day-to-day lives is becoming more and more expensive maybe stuff that's subsidized like milk and eggs and those types of things are not going to become more expensive because those are again subsidized by the government right but other things are becoming more expensive and we're seeing that like um the used car market the used car market is going up okay uh a lot of the cars that were worth may like car values have gone up between 10 12% like they're, they they are rising because people are preferring to buy used cars rather than new cars right because uncertainty and and all those types of things right we don't know people don't know if they're if they're going to keep their jobs or not right the idea of having serb you know sort of helped in keeping the economy stimulated to an extent because people could maintain a level of consumption which is sort of consumer trends and the stable rate of inflation that we're talking yeah. about yeah right we'll hold the thought on serve for now we'll move on to that in a bit but yeah i completely agree it's about like basically the building blocks of the economy mm-hmm. the prices of those commodities including like gold even gold you look at gas mm-hmm. we'll talk about gas gas prices too these are like key indicators to show where the the level of inflation is or is mm-hmm. going to be because yeah. these are the indicators that pop up first yep. especially commodity prices mm-hmm. and then you have wages wage prices of course so it's like a domino effect so mm-hmm. for example like so first commodity prices go up yep so businesses become more expensive mm-hmm. that's and then people who are trying to buy these buy these products and these businesses want to have more money because they're saying okay yep. there is inflation mm-hmm. i need a raise mm-hmm. so wage prices will also go up so it's a domino effect and it happens over time over a yeah. few months it's not like it happens overnight and the change happens yeah. and that's what creates more a bigger challenge in in a way to mm-hmm. like how do we balance this out remember the idea of sticky prices or sticky wages or and menu prices right you can't change like inflation is something that happens every single day the reason why 2% is very good is because over a long period of time is when you see the difference every day there's not a big difference mm-hmm. so like for example if you're a restaurant and you are experiencing high very high rates of inflation you have to print out new menus every time you, every day you come out cuz the price has increased not just that like as 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 a restaurant you also have to buy a lot of raw material right yeah. because your raw material goes from Poultry, from level 1 to level 2 to level 3 so there's there's these so cuz you add value right for example if you're going to make a sauce or like you're going to make a dish which includes a sauce so you'll get the raw materials you make the sauce you'll get the meat you'll get the vegetables you add that on to each, each other you add the rice in so there's like 3 4 levels right so you're just adding all of these values yeah. 
and for everything you need raw material you need uh natural gas because you're cooking you need a bunch of other things and so all these things are susceptible to inflation. inflation exactly yeah so let us see what is going on right now in canada mm -hmm. now why are we talking about inflation so recently there were there were actually quite a few articles not just in canada but also in the u.s mm -hmm. staying saying that in the month of april they have experienced in the pandemic area uh, era a record amount of consumption mm -hmm. and inflation mm -hmm. And this can be shown in gas prices yep. that we are hitting all-time highs yes. from an 11-year low. Now, there are two sides of the story. Firstly, this is something that we should fear. Why? Because in a time where unemployment was rising, mm -hmm. the government was pumping the economy with stimulus, stimulus, with CERB. With CERB, yes. Now, in the case for U.S., there's actually a statistic that said that unemployment benefits plus a stimulus... Mm -hmm is a, uh, a weekly unemployment benefit and a stimulus is higher than the minimum wage that you earn in a week yep. in all 50, in all the states in America yes. right now. Yes. So right even now, Canada, to be honest. Even Canada. So right now, people will not work on minimum wage because they know if they don't work, they can just earn CERB or unemployment mm -hmm. benefits or the stimulus package in US yep. and earn more. Right. And there and, was no like restriction the government put. Right. So it yeah. meant that anybody who is anybody can earn more than minimum wage by just sitting at home. So why would you get up? Why would you exactly. work? So now now what does that mean in terms of inflation? Well, there's this other concept of inflation called stagflation, which is high unemployment and high inflation, which means that right now I'm sitting here with no job, but I'm mm -hmm. making more money than someone who's making minimum wage. Yep. I'm going to spend that money. Mm -hmm. So inflation, there's an increased consumption. So mm -hmm. inflation is going to start. If everyone's doing that, there's going to mm -hmm. be inflation. Yep. But I'm still not getting a job. So what can that can happen? That is a very detriment. That is the basically the worst case scenario of where we can go from here on out. Yes. From what we've heard now. Yes. And that is the biggest, that's why we should be fearing this moment in time. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, um, the, the other hand is that this is like in the past year we've been mm -hmm. declining. Yes. So a, a little higher than 2% inflation means that we are growing again. Yes. And because there's a high capacity to grow, mm -hmm. as long as the supply keeps up, yep. as long as the jobs keeps up, mm -hmm. we are on a good path. So, which basically means as long as the job market is growing, mm -hmm. as long as we are ensuring that every all the raw materials the market is completely stocked at all times yeah. and there is consumer confidence right because obviously without 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 consumer confidence you can't really do anything yeah right because if the consumers if tomorrow we spread out a rumor saying that hey a recession is coming yeah. a recession will come yeah. right because everybody's gonna be like oh my god a recession's coming we need or to save we need to hold continuing it's gonna right? get worse exactly so the idea is that as things are getting or we, we reach a, a, a level of normalcy because of the vaccine rollout and all of those things. Having inflation is a very good thing yeah. because it ensures that we will reach, we will be able to grow back to that production possibility frontier. It's like, it's right? basically a, uh, an indicator of optimism. Exactly, right? And if we consider the Phillips curve, which we know, we know in economics sometimes works, sometimes doesn't work because stagflation is a very good anomaly for, for, the, for the Phillips curve. But the Phillips curve is basically this inverse relationship between unemployment and inflation rate, right? So the higher the inflation rate, the lower the unemployment. So if- Or is it interest rate? It's inflation rate. Oh, okay. Right. 
there. Oh, right, so, right, right. Um, so as unemployment rate goes down, inflation rate will go up. So if inflation rate is going up, by Phillips curve, it means that our unemployment rate is going down, yes. which is a good thing, which means that there's more jobs in the, in the market. If there's more jobs in the market, it would obviously mean that people are, you know, applying, mm. which therefore means the unemployment rate is going down. Yeah. Right. People are getting jobs. Unemployment rate is going down. There's more money that's coming out. So you don't need CERB. Yeah. You are getting it from natural sources. In like the cycle. You're getting it through the cycle and not mm -hmm. the injection itself. Exactly. The injection of cash. Yeah. So yes. So it is, at the end of the day, it is a very, it's, it is a sign of optimism. In my opinion, I think it's a sign of optimism, but we should be cautious. Yes. I think that's my take Cautious on optimism. Cautious optimism. And I feel like that is the mantra in economics because at the end mm -hmm. of the day, it's all about finding the balance. Yep. So if you're too optimistic, you are susceptible to overreaction. Mm -hmm. And there you go. It just mm -hmm. goes haywire. Yep. So at the end of the day, like what we need to remember is that because of that delicate balance, mm -hmm. when we were looking at CERB and, um, and stimulus and all that, government had to make sure that it was enough to make a difference, of yes. course, or else it'd be a waste of money. Then, yeah, it would have been so a waste you have of money. So you have to make a decision. All right, should we be more cautious about inflation? Mm-hmm. Or should we say that, or should we just go all in mm -hmm. as much as again to make a difference? Right. But in this, in the sense that even if they did go all in and you could, you, it would have been very hard to come up with an argument saying that you need to worry about inflation because we already knew the economy was going to be in a downturn yeah. because a pandemic shutting everything down. And had it not happened, we would go into deflation. Yes. Which is even harder to get out. And yes. anyone who is indebted or has a debt they will be in a worse situation because deflation, what that does is it mm -hmm. increases the value of your debt. Yeah. And inflation does the opposite. Yes. So th this, is this, very, this is something that I feel like it's a very important point to make mm -hmm. in terms of lenders and borrowers and inflation because it's a very common thing that happens here in yeah. North America. So for example, let's say I'm a lender mm -hmm. and you're a borrower. Okay. Okay. So he has a business plan of some sort and I'm going to lend him money. Yes. All right. So let's say I give you $100,000. Okay, great. In a world where there is inflation, mm -hmm. that means the prices are rising, mm -hmm. the power of your money is lower, is yes. declining, yes. which is normal. Let's say, it's, let's mm -hmm. say it's very high. Yes. So if I give him $100,000 today mm -hmm. and he's going to return, let's, let's forget about interest for now. Okay. Okay, let's not think about interest right now. Mm -hmm. He has to pay me back $100,000 in five years from now. Yes. For those five years, if there is inflation, say 10% mm -hmm. per year, the value of that 100,000 will be so small compared to what I gave him that I'm making a loss on this. Yes. Unless there's interest. Mm -hmm. And if the inflation is too high, then he's not going to borrow from me because my interest will be too high yeah. to, to match it. Right. But basically, if I give him $100,000 today in a world of inflation and he returns it, I'm going to earn less. Yes. In a world of deflation, where the price of your dollar is increasing mm -hmm. and prices are declining. If I gave him 100,000 today and in five years time, he will give me back that 100,000, I'll be making a profit. Yes, a significant profit. Yeah, in terms of what I can buy with that 100,000. Yeah. So like the rise of purchasing power. Yes. One is the rise of purchasing power, one is the fall of purchasing, purchasing power. power. So right. now if you look at, if you, if you put that into perspective in terms of business owners with debt, mm -hmm. you look at student loans, mm -hmm. you look at all of that. Yep. The reason why, for example, here, interest, interest payments were frozen were because of fears of deflation mm -hmm. and fears of that people are not earning money. Yep. And they don't, want they don't want to give in CERB and stimulus just for it to be used for interest payments. They yes. want it to be used in the economy so it jump starts the economy again. Essentially increasing our consumption. 
There you go. Right? Increasing consumption, which would in turn increase aggregate demand. So you have government spending. And small which, businesses and all the industries mm-hmm. are making a cut. So they're all, they're all going to be, you know, it's like it's the idea of the cycle of money where government spending will give money. We'll put, hands in the, we'll put money in the hands of the people. Yeah. The people will consume. The money will go into small businesses. The small yeah. businesses will spend in turn. And tax. And like, obviously, yeah, tax goes to the government again. So the government will make back some of the money that they spent out. But it's the idea that the money will continuously flow and it'll ensure that the engine of the economy continues to chug. So it will be as if that people didn't didn't lose their jobs Mm -hmm. in a way. Yeah. So it like it keeps it's like a very synthetic way to keep the economy running. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. But as long as at the end of the bottom line is as long as the jobs come back Mm -hmm. And the industries that have been shut down for a year are able to open in time and bring out the supply. We don't need to fear the inflation this month. So we're looking at the TTC for a little bit here. Um, And the TTC is is, is struggling. Because of the pandemic, we're not using it. So in the past year, the the biggest, it was kind of a really eye-opening thing for me was mm-hmm. I think TDC lost uh, $740 million in 2020. They made a loss. They made a big loss. That's almost a billion dollars. That's huge amount of money. And they had just started tackling fair evaders. Yeah. So if you add that all together, that's a huge loss. But now the government is planning to give in a little stimulus of I think, um, I believe... 150? 150 million. 150 million just to stay afloat basically. No, uh, TDC earned four hundred and four million of the six hundred and sixty that was put aside for municipal transit systems. Yeah, so that's still under the losses they made, but I believe that's what it's just enough to like stay afloat, afloat, and, right. and an additional one hundred and fifty. Um, and of course, we should expect uh, an increase in ridership in the coming year as well. Hopefully, hopefully, if that happens, exactly. then yeah. but like. At the end of the day, what what's what's really we have to think about is what if it doesn't work out and what if TDC has to shut down? What's gonna happen? Yeah. Is it gonna be privatized? Is it just gonna the government is gonna buy it out or what's gonna happen? Well, who knows, right? Because if the if the trend is people moving away because of work from home, then why would you need public transport, right? Yeah. That's so, that's that's a fundamental question. Yeah. So that's a little snapshot of our news for today. Yeah. And yeah, back to regular schedule programming. Now let's 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 talk about let's let's take a minute and talk about the industries that have shut down. Mm. Um, there are statistics going around where you know 20, 30, 40% of restaurants have shut down. Yeah. Right? And a lot of those restaurants were let's call them mom and pop shops, right? Mm. We're not talking about franchises. Obviously franchises have, have experienced some decline as well. Starbucks for example, well, Starbucks is, doesn't run on a franchise model, but the Starbucks has multiple locations and a lot of the lo- a lot of those locations in downtown Toronto yeah. have closed. But if we look at, let's call them mom and pop shops again, um, a lot of them have closed. Yeah. A lot of those restaurants have shut down. Because they were living paycheck to paycheck. Right. Or they were living at a point where, like, it's the idea that small businesses were not allowed to be open, which meant that they couldn't pay their rent and they couldn't, they couldn't afford their expenses, essentially. Let's say they were making a profit, but they couldn't afford their expenses. Mm. So now if the economy does come back, the question is, will these mom and pop shops come back? Will they not come back or will other people replace them? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Um, I think it's going to be replaced because from what I've experienced, what I've witnessed during this time, I've seen two kinds of people. Mm-hmm. 
I've seen people who were who had to burn through savings. Yep. And I've seen people who made savings. Mm -hmm. So I guess there's going to be a sort of a shift. And also at the same time, the mentality in terms of jobs have changed mm -hmm. now uh, because of work from home styles mm -hmm. and all. A lot of people are looking for side hustles. Yep. A lot of people during this time have started pursuing their own businesses mm -hmm. or their own whatever they wanted to do. Avenues, yeah. Avenues. Because a typical job was not available to mm -hmm. them. So... In the case for mom and pop shops, those who used to have a shop and had to shut down, I feel, had to cut their losses, basically. Yes. And for them to come back, unless the government gives them some sort of help, or they, they basically have to start over. And I don't think they will do that. Mm -hmm. But in terms of people who ended up saving money yeah. and were looking for a time to get into the market, mm -hmm. they know this is their chance. So I 100% think it's going to be replaced. I think the approach to restaurants might change. But... In the sense that this whole concept of ghost kitchens, mm. which is basically rather than having an actual restaurant, you set up a ghost kitchen, you get menus from five, six of the restaurants and you just make the food as it goes. Yeah. Right. So you get whatever orders you get online and then you just make the food. So instead of having these mom and pop shops, you'd actually have these restaurant, these ghost kitchens. Like you're outsourcing it basically. Exactly. So, so you, you don't, you don't really have a restaurant anymore. Mm. Um, but you have a brand. Yeah. So, 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 so the form of it may change, but, and the other thing is, I don't know if it'll come back because it's not just restaurants that close down. We're talking about all the different sort of like small retailers, right? So like yeah. small boutiques, yeah, small boutiques, um, barber shops, uh, and a lot of these types of things. And a lot of people went digital. So whoever could go digital probably did go digital. Yeah. And whoever couldn't go digital may not find another way to go digital for the foreseeable future yeah. reason being that i think people's habits have changed yeah. people have found it easier to rely on digital means mm. like amazon has made so much money online resellers shopify look at shopify look at look at the stock price of shopify everyone's on shopify yeah. right so it's and just thinking a lot of like squarespace ads exactly so a lot of people mm. are going onto the digital platform mm. so i think the conventional way that we look at shops brick and mortar shops will sort of not exist anymore yeah. it's right? all getting digitized so, so that that so and now i'm going to bring this right back to something we spoke about at the start which is the real estate market mm. say that these brick and mortar shops are not really used anymore say that say that you don't really need these big malls yeah what happens to real estate Especially commercial real estate. Commercial real estate. Commercial real estate is a big part of Canada's economy, right? Yeah. So, like, for example... Offices will shrink. Exactly. Everyone's going to be outsourcing jobs. Mm -hmm. You have digital marketplaces now. Yeah. Like, Facebook Marketplace, Amazon, you're going to have more stuff like that, but more specialized in terms of, let's say, just for restaurants. Yep. Just for clothes, mm -hmm. all that. Yeah, I mean, commercial real estate can take a big dip. Commercial real estate can take a big dip, right? Because they and find a way to pivot. So let's let's assume that let's assume that out of the GDP fact figures, Canada's so so real estate is the biggest in Canada's biggest proportion. Let's assume that's thirty percent. So let's say that the thirty percent of your GDP falls by fifteen percent, hmm. right? That's a big drop. Yeah. Right. Thirty percent of fifty percent is no matter what you say, it is a big drop. Yeah. In the GDP, right? So. Inflation is great then, in this perspective, right? Because if, like, if you look at like it, inflation is great because it'll help you grow whatever you're gonna lose because of the commercial real estate. But you lose something else. Yeah. You see what I mean? Okay. Let's take let's track that back a bit. Okay. How would inflation help someone who's in commercial real estate? 
I'm not saying that inflation is going to help someone who's in commercial real estate. Okay. Well, it might make certain real estate more valuable because there are certain things that you may or you can or cannot live without, right? Mm. Let's say storage space. Yeah. Let's say warehousing. Mm. Let's say uh, factories. Maybe you can or cannot. Maybe you, you can't live without them. Mm. So in that sense, it'll make it more valuable. And with inflation, it just means that your economy will continue to grow, which means you will require more space to do mm. something. Yeah. Right? In that sense, it'll help the commercial real estate grow. But I'm saying that... Well, there will be a shift from this whole idea of, you know, restaurants and those types of things to something very different. I mean, I, I think what I, how I see it is it will be a challenge because people are pivoting away from brick and mortar shops. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's an opportunity right this moment to start something else. Yes. In terms of commercial real estate, especially mm -hmm. if you look at the culture of North America. Yeah. There's a lot of emphasis on, for example, sports and fitness. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of emphasis on like community at communal activities, yep. especially since the pandemic is about to end, mm -hmm. fingers crossed, especially because it's about to end, a lot of people want to get together. Mm -hmm. So I feel like if I'm in commercial real estate, I'm mm -hmm. looking to have, create more uh, multi-purpose halls, mm -hmm. sports centers, like community clubs, mm -hmm. stuff like that. And I feel like that is what can what they can pivot away from offices mm -hmm. and brick and mortar shops. Yep. They can pivot towards like service oriented mm -hmm. uh, facilities, mm -hmm. basically. Yeah. Because like already, like if you look at gym memberships in Canada, in Toronto, it's insane. It's expensive. It's very expensive. It's very expensive. But if you increase the number of gyms available, then it'll go down. And if you, unless, yeah. unless the rising demand does not meet the supply. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like, because if you're in the commercial real estate, you are facing a rising demand for something. Mm -hmm. Yes, you are basically about to face people who are so crazed to get out that they will spend. Especially those who have saved up, mm -hmm. they're just looking for an opportunity to spend money and be yeah. outside. Okay, what can you do? You can lure them in. Mm -hmm. Easy, give them a service that they've been craving for the past year. A gym, a gym, sports, a commu uh, communal space, karaoke centers. Yeah, anything. Golf. Yeah. Pool go-kart i've been exactly i, I want to go go-karting for the longest it's very far from here but they're going to open this weekend but point is there's a big opportunity and there's a whole new market coming in there's that, a whole new market yeah. there's a whole new market of people coming in because mm -hmm. everyone has had a shift of paradigm yeah so it's a it's, challenge but it's going to be a very big it's going to be because a lot of the things, like the idea that I was trying to sort of hint at is this concept of the conventional thing that, like the thing that we thought was going, it's going to be a new normal. Yeah. The thing that we were used to is going to be very different. And maybe in that so, world, the stable rate of inflation could be different. Mm -hmm. That's a very out of reach idea, but it's possible. Maybe we will shift to, to a 3% inflation rate. Possibly. Right. Right. Because maybe what we want, maybe what the government decides is that, hey, we need more inflation because cause from one end we're losing out. Yeah. But on one end we're gaining. So is the gain as much as we're losing out or is the loss as much as the gain? Because of that, we may need to change the rate of inflation that we believe is stable. Yeah. But if we do change the rate of inflation, what does that mean for stocks? What does that mean for interest rates? Exactly. Every day is going to be a whole paradigm shift. But mm -hmm. a very important thing to remember for eight, this, this month's, this past month's inflation rate mm -hmm. statistics is the majority of that inflation rate has come from gas prices. Mm -hmm. If you remove gas prices, so let me read this out for you. Yeah. The annual inflation rate rose to 3.4% in April. Mm -hmm. So it was up from 2.2% year over year yep. in March. But if you remove gas prices, mm -hmm. it will be 1.9%. 1.9%. 1 
removing gas price uh, gasoline prices mm-hmm. statistics canada said annual inflation for april would have clocked in at 1.9% which is under the which is right under the the target 2%, which basically means that minus gas prices which is already being carbon taxed at one level right mm. so it's going to prob- so it in a way offset mm. but minus gas prices we're hitting target inflation which yeah. means our economy is sort of getting back to normal exactly so we are growing we are growing and go. if enough if enough jobs are back in the market and people hire yeah keyword is people hire not that there're more not there are enough jobs people hire yeah um then it's a sign of optimism it's a sign of growth it's a sign of normalcy yeah right people will get back to you know going outside everybody's getting vaccinated look look at canada where first we were being very slow with the vaccines i read the other day that we're at what almost 8 million vaccines we had 58% in ontario of 58%. people have gotten their first dose that's insane yeah right and now there's a three stage plan so if you hit 60% mm-hmm. we will go into stage 1 yep. where you can increase the number of outdoors amenities you can mm-hmm. um, outdoor amenities will open yep uh you can meet meet more people like yep. f- i think it, it's going to open to five people yeah i believe and then once we hit i believe 60% no sorry 70% 70% and i think 10% second dose mm-hmm. we do stage 2 and then i think 80 20 80 40 80 i think 25 i think it was 80 25 so 80% first dose 25% second dose mm-hmm. it's stage 3 where basically like sports league can start again and it's more or less back to getting normal. back to normal yeah. right so hopefully fingers crossed fingers crossed we have summer yeah The only thing I'm the only trend that I have seen that worries me is that every time the weather gets better the week after that the cases spike. Yeah. So I feel like this coming week is very very pivotal in how the next 2-3 months are going to go. That's true. Regardless of how many vaccines have been given, if the cases are too high, mm-hmm. we have to bring it down. Cuz even true. if you do have the first dose, you only say you only I think 70% safe. Depend depending on the vaccine you get. um i then i think the reports are very different for example if you get moderna you are well you i think i think the, the i think the level of safety still hits 90% but it just it just takes a while to hit that level yeah so you will hit 90% or 92% efficiency after about a week and a half to two weeks the, after, after getting the first after the first dose of the vaccine right and majority of the vaccines are pfizer right now too yeah and not just that so that's what i'm saying that these next one two weeks are very critical. very cru- very, very critical. critical and if you're because, they, because they've just opened up to almost everyone right exactly and now if you're in ontario and something like some be very mindful of that just because you got the first vaccine does not mean that you're safe yeah it's not over it's just a matter of maximum just one more month Yeah. Like that few it. weeks literally. Few That's weeks. all it is. And Week. and then after that the ball is it's just going to start rolling after yeah. that. Then it's going to be as long as you fine. follow your rules, you do your part, wear your mask, wash your hands, uh, stay away from people, social distance. Yeah. Don't be don't be dumb. It's just a month. If you can hold it together for one month, you're good. And we should be good. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I so think, that was inflation. I think yeah. Right. That was I, I feel like it was it was a very good conversation to have, especially given the context of our time. Mhm. Because the news can be very scary. The way yeah. the news have portrayed it is like, oh my gosh, inflation. Mm-hmm. This is going to yeah. be bad. All the prices are going to go up. Everything's going to get expensive. We're just coming out. Some of us don't have jobs. How are we going to manage? No. Inflation in this scenario, I personally think, is just a sign of optimism. It's a sign yeah. of growth. Yeah. And as long as there are jobs being mm-hmm. given out, people mm-hmm. are getting hired, mm-hmm. and... industries are opening in time to be able to meet yep. that demand yep. we're fine like it's the idea of the whole business cycle right you go up you hit a boom you hit a st- you hit like a point of stagnation and yeah. then you you, know, you you fall right exactly. so that that fall is inflation yeah. but when you grow 
or sorry, deflation, but when you grow, right, that growth is essentially inflation. That's all it is, right? Yeah. And the idea of rising prices sort of implies that people will also have more money yeah. to be able to cope with the rising prices. Yeah. So it's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a good exactly. thing. Especially from a recession, inflation is a good thing. Inflation is a good sign. Yeah. As long as the job market exists. Yeah. And as, and long, as long as the supply is there. And inflation is low and stable. So like yeah. around right now, I would say even 3% is okay. Yes. It's because we are, we are right now the economy had a downturn. So yeah. a higher inflation means the economy is just growing at a higher rate, mm -hmm. but that's still okay. We're reaching that moment. We're yes. reaching the inflection point where it's going to be the fastest. Yep. But eventually it's going to slow down mm -hmm. and we'll be fine. Yep. So I guess that is the first episode of, of season two, two. Yeah. for Much Ado About Economics. This is, it, it, we were thinking of making it sort of a chill episode, but I think this is a very heavy episode yeah. in the sense that we talked about a very fundamental concept. Yeah, it's a very fundamental concept of economics. And we're going to have more conversations like this too, like yeah. unemployment. Unemployment. Interest sustainability. Rates. Sustainability is a very... We had, a, we had a small conversation on sustainability in our, our episode with Hassan. Yeah. Like that was that was really nice too. Like I and we'll look at sort of, we'll try and sort of look at the environment. Yeah. Um. Try and look at things from a government perspective. Yeah. As well. Taxes. Um, interest rates. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna focus a lot about particular concepts, but at the mm -hmm. same time, we'll also be we're thinking about doing like historical episodes. Yeah. As well, so we'll be looking at points and events in time that have occurred. We will talk about the the context behind those points in times. For example, mm -hmm. the Great Depression, the, yeah. the 2008 crisis, mm -hmm. and how it led to that point. Yeah. So we have a better understanding of what we as people should expect, and also like see the indicators ourselves and understand what's mm -hmm. going on. That's and yeah. at, and at the same time, also we'll do case studies of these events, mm -hmm. or maybe of people, particular people, important people. Mm -hmm. We can talk about Jeff Bezos and his rise. Yeah, yeah. So we have a bunch of ideas in the pipes, in the pipe works. Pipelines. 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 Yeah. So yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed. And we'll see you again next week. Take care.